Hi everyone, David Harris here with you for Criminal Injustice with a news bonus, Progressive Prosecutors in the Primaries. Yes, uh, listeners, we're presenting you with more news content than ever. Now, during the coronavirus era, we're going to be straying for a while from our familiar format of doing full-length interviews and focusing uh, almost entirely on the news, whether it is coronavirus-related or something else. So that's what you should expect from us going forward. And today's news bonus I want to bring you comes from Election Day in March. This particular Election Day is March 17th. And I want to tell you about what the voters said about two elections in two different cities in the United States involving progressive prosecutors. Now, here on Criminal Injustice, I have talked a lot about these prosecutors, about some of the obstacles that they have faced, particularly about the virulent opposition to them by figures in the more traditional criminal justice uh, status, everybody uh, from Attorney General Bill Barr on down, and particularly the, the vile sometimes opposition faced by black women who are in these roles often for the first time. These prosecutors have been elected with strong mandates from their cities to change the criminal justice system, to stop relying on mass incarceration, to stop relying on money bail, to make other changes too. We have now the first set of re-election primaries for many of these prosecutors. We have Larry Krasner in Philadelphia, has not faced re-election yet. We have Rachel Rollins in Boston, not faced re-election yet. But we have Kim Fox in Chicago facing a primary election uh, in her re-election bid. She was one of the very first of these new wave of prosecutors elected. That was back in, I believe, 2015 or 16. Um, she, of course, took office after the Laquan McDonald shooting and cover-up in which the then uh, state's attorney uh, seemed to have some kind of a role, uh, and the uh, people of, of Cook County in Chicago said, enough is enough, and they changed to Kim Fox. Well, Fox had to run this time in a primary that was contested uh, because uh, she, like all these other prosecutors, uh, was under fire from the traditional establishment. This was the police, the police union, and many of their allies. And they went hard against her. Um, they uh, got a candidate to run against her, a former prosecutor uh, uh, named Conway. Uh, Mr. Conway, like I said, a former prosecutor, but that wasn't his biggest qualification to run. He was the son of a billionaire. That seemed to be his biggest plank in his platform. Uh, the billionaire put up $10.5 million for his campaign. He raised a few hundred thousand extra. That allowed him to outspend Fox three to one. And Fox did have one difficult part of her record to defend. Of course, that was the case involving actor Jesse Smollett. You probably remember this case. Uh, Smollett seems to have concocted a crime against himself, made it a hate crime, very widely publicized, but the whole thing was a setup. And he was found out. 
and, and he was charged with 16 different counts. But then the charges were dropped by Fox's office, and he was allowed to uh, 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 do some uh, community service and some other things instead of going to court. Now, Fox defended this decision at, uh, as being uh, perfectly in sync with her program for diversion. People who did not have prior criminal records, who were not accused of a violent crime, are able to be diverted out of the system and not face those charges and have something else happen instead. And she said, well, Smollett fit the criteria. But of course, his case was just different. I mean, it just was different. There is no question about it. Uh, it caused a massive uproar, a huge, expensive investigation, and a lot of people were pissed. And I got to say, I don't think without reason either. But she defended it. She stood with her decision. Uh, but it got a lot of criticism. And then when it was uh, when she recused herself and it was found out later that she might have still been in touch with the case in some way, in some emails, that made things worse. Well, she has owned the mistake uh, and she went to the voters with that mark on her record with Mr. Conway against her. And Mr. Conway, as I said, with 10 million, 11 million bucks, you can buy a lot of ads. A lot of those ads were about the Jesse Smollett case, but of course, there were also plenty of ads that Kim Fox is basically soft on crime. So it was the traditional old school soft on crime tactics against the progressive prosecutor. Well, what happened? Kim Fox won handily. She won that primary. She defeated the $10 million, $11 million candidate who will probably never be heard from again. Um, she won, and she won big. So now she's going to have to face a Republican opponent in her general election, and she's not going to underestimate that guy. He's a well-respected former judge, former prosecutor, and the same forces who supported Conway will undoubtedly come out against her there. But what we saw with the election is people looked at the full record, not just the Jesse Smollett case. They looked at the full record and said, yes, this is what we elected her for. This is what she's doing. She brought incarceration down by 20% in, by 2018. Uh, she's diverting a lot of people out of the system who don't belong there. Her priorities uh, show that we this is the change that we wanted. Let her run on her full record. We will judge her on her full record, not the one mistake she seems to have made. So she's facing election in the fall, but you got to say uh, she's the favorite. The other election for prosecutors similarly situated occurred in Los Angeles. Again, a primary, the California primaries run somewhat differently. Here we had uh, in Los Angeles, uh, the district attorney's name is Jackie Lacey, and she ran against a number of opponents, including George Gascon. Now, George Gascon, an early guest here on Criminal Injustice when he was the district attorney of San Francisco. Highly unusual for somebody to just go to another city to run for district attorney there. But Gascon's actually from Los Angeles, where he grew up, and he was on the LAPD himself for a good long time as an officer before he became chief of police in, I believe it was Mesa, Arizona, uh, then moved up to chief of police in San Francisco, and then DA, because he's a lawyer too. And Gascon ran against Jackie Lacey. Jackie, Jackie Lacey is a traditional kind of tough-on-crime prosecutor. Gascon ran as an unabashed progressive uh, in the Kim Fox mold. Uh, there was another candidate, too, running as a progressive, uh, actually to the left of Gascon, if I understand that correctly. Lacey got less than 50% of the vote. So she is going to face 
a runoff against Gascon. Uh, and Gascon uh, sees this as an opportunity. Uh, the third candidate, the other progressive, will drop away. Combined, the two progressive candidates outpolled Jackie Lacey. They got more, a greater percentage of the votes than Jackie Lacey did. So this is going to be a real contest in the general election between Gascon and Jackie Lacey to see if L.A. will also have a more progressive prosecutor. So we're watching that carefully, and we'll bring you all the latest on it as it develops. That's it for this news bonus. David Harris here for Criminal Injustice. You can always get news bonuses, all the news in the criminal justice sphere here. Just go to our website. It's www.criminalinjusticepodcast.com, and you'll see all of our interviews, our news bonuses, and our other features. I'm David Harris, and I'll be back with you next time. Criminal Injustice is written by David Harris and produced by Josh Rollerson. Find show notes and past episodes at criminalinjusticepodcast.com.